1: Jack, it is good to see you, man. I am, yes. I am glad that you're back, Danny. It's good to be back. Uh, glad to have you back. Now, listen, uh, a lot of lots going on here. I want to talk. Um, want to get to it all because uh, I've got some things that uh, I, I won't bury the lead. But do the fundamentals matter? Just do, <laughs> like, do, do the fundamentals matter in a downturn? I want to talk about that because uh, that might incite some people. Um, I've got a euro dollar trade I want to talk about, but. Zach, I went back uh, to the great state of Pennsylvania. I went home. You've been out. Yeah. I, okay. I, been, I went home, good. and yeah. and it got me thinking. By, so I took. Uh, I went to Mecca. Well, no, it's not Mecca. Mecca's a good thing, right? Like, when people say, I went to Mecca, Mecca's a good thing, right? I think that's positive. What's the anti-Mecca? I don't know. Sheboygan?
3: No. Sheboygan. No. Sheboygan's
1: <laughs> a great town. No. Do not. No. We, Sheboygan, dude, we are a pro-Sheboygan Sheboygan podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, we are a pro-Sheboygan podcast. Sheboygan's great. So anti-Mecca, whatever anti-Mecca is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Graham on the flight home, right? Graham uh, has narrower uh, nasal passages. and How uh, old is Graham? Graham is six months. And so the grand man is six months. He's got narrow passages. And every time that he gets allergies, he has allergies, allergies, like, they, like it, the kid just oozes everywhere, right? And so um, poor little guy. The grand man's <laughs> yeah, awesome. And yeah. so um, we're, we, we drive home after the airport. And like, he was back there getting fussy towards the end of the drive because uh, two hours from, we fly into Baltimore and we drive up. And, um, like this kid is just a, like a snot bubble. Like the blob has encased Graham's face. Oh, gosh. And so, uh, we noticed that night that Graham had what looked like, uh, snot. And it, by the way, this is going to end up, but if anyone's wondering where this story is going, I'm going to, let me not, <laughs> please, let me not just uh, bury the lead too much here. It's going to end up at Morgan Stanley. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah okay. So just, just, sure. just relax guys. This is a good story. Where else? Yeah. Where else <laughs> would it end up? And so. Uh, so we're like, oh, Did you my- do a drive-by? No, no. So Graham's <laughs> got, like, this snot that's we, what we think is snot pulled up in his ear because he's in a car seat, right, and it just, like, runs. We're like, oh, my gosh, did this snot get that bad? that like, It's never happened before, but maybe it just pulled up in his ear. And then we notice later after, you know, we of course, we wipe Graham's nose up and do the little sucker to get all the snot out. There's more snot in Graham's ear. Now we're scared that Graham's eardrum has burst That's in fun. flight. Yeah, oh, yeah oh, and, but yeah. this kid was a great flyer. All the kids who have been great flyers as babies, mm-hmm. uh, great flyers. They're, they're still great the flyers. Yeah, they're yeah like they're just great flyers. Must be the pilot, right? Must be, yeah, must, yes. be, must uh, so, be the pilot. So, so um, yeah. uh, we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to take Graham to uh, the doctor. But it's like Sunday. i like, who, who the hell So they have some urgent cares up there, and there's a patient first. It's called, it's literally called Patients First. Thank God it was not called patient Last, right? Patients First. Mm-hmm. And um, we park the car, and no kidding, I look up from, I just like, heads up, you know, park the car, we're about to go in. I look up, and there is anti-Mecca, the Morgan Stanley Berks County headquarters. I kid you not, <laughs> and I'm like, do I take a picture of this? And I'm like, no, it'll burn the retina of my camera lens. Oh my gosh, I'm not yeah. doing this, and I thought, <laughs> I almost said to Tanya, hey, we need to go so I can get a selfie by Mecca with my middle finger up. And so <laughs> I, then, I, you know, the so anyway, the Graham issue is not so, It turns out, like, coincidentally, Graham had developed an ear infection. Mm. We just happened to go on a flight. Then, Like, you can put all those things oh. together to think the kid, you know, Miserable. so and then, uh, and then anyway, it didn't clear up. It turns out he did have a little perforation in the ear. Anyway, Graham's fine. Morgan Stanley will never be fine. They reported earnings this morning. And boy, if you could make a toilet sound flushing, it sounds like Morgan Stanley right now. <laughs> like it, it is that that was like a lawnmower. It was kind of, clear, you know, yeah, we <laughs> <get that>. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, we'll take it. Nice. And that so bomb. yeah. Jar. and so like how does that E-Trade purchase feel now, Morgan Stanley, like they bought E-Trade, uh, they acquired E-Trade uh, back in the pandemic. Because Robin Hood was surging. Hmm. If Robin Hood is uh, sub ten dollars, what do you think e trade's valued at? Well, <laughs> you get question. the E what do you get with E trade? You get the E Trade baby, and uh, I've got money coming out of the Wazoo commercials from circa nineteen, ninety nine, two thousand. And so uh, speaking n-
0: of e trade, you know they originally came out, it was owned by Morgan Stanley and Dean Witter, like oh, sixty, yeah, 60 yeah. forty, and they were just directing all their trades to those two if they were a market maker.
1: Huh. Always a nefarious uh, thing, but I want, to, I want to touch on a couple of things here. Uh, so I had a couple of people reach out to me, and I, I want to apologize uh, to them here momentarily, but more important, well, not more importantly, just equally as importantly, you know what I realized when I went back home? I live, or well, I grew up in the greatest region in the country. It's the potato chip basket. What <laughs> potato
0: chips? Yeah, they grow potatoes. No, uh, no, not, I don't. No. I don't even. I don't they make even make potato chips. What's make the, potato
1: it? chips. Okay. The Pennsylvania Dutch have figured out how to make the best potato. Zach, what's your favorite potato chip brand? I'm like a laser of ruffles, oh right? I God. mean, you're gonna—that's yeah, like saying yeah. you only like missionary. Well and no, let it's me... like saying you only like Superman. Superman's great, all right. I love Superman. Laser great. They're, they're America's chip. No, no, I'm 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 going to tell you no. There's Cape Cod, Cape f- Cod. Well, no, that's that's that. Son. Well, that like that, a kettle th- cook. Th- that's yeah, yeah. That but that now is owned by I believe it's owned by it's owned by a big one like, like they've yeah. been yeah yeah, yeah. By, it's like bought out. But it's like that's they they make them look like like Miss Vicky's is actually owned by Frito Lay as well. So I live where I grew up in where the Pennsylvania Dutch are making kettle cooked potatoes. Bata- the chips I grew up with, right? Box, great regional brand if you can get them. But I, I like hers. Have you heard of hers? Hers? They, they, hers has some distribution. Like his and hers? hers. No, H E R R S. No, yeah, H-E-R-R. The apostrophe, it, it's hers. Whatever, okay. Yeah, the best hers chip ever created is the hers sour cream and onion chip. Ooh, I love sour cream. Yeah, I know, it's fantastic. And they do the right amount of sour cream powder and onion powder to the chip. There's a ratio that and you, you have to get right. back. Huh? No, I gave up potato chips. This is my story. Uh, and oh, so oh, oh. Um, I had, I haven't had potato chips in ever. And so we wanted to take Remy to the Hearst factory, but they stopped doing tours for the pandemic. Yeah. Cause Remy loves all things, cheese curls, potato chips, and uh cheese ball thing. Like yeah, any, sure. yeah. Right after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we wanted to take, So him. you
0: live vicariously through him. You watch him eat potato <laughs> yeah, chips. That's and... right.
1: Yeah. And so, but here's the thing, like, Lay's sour cream and onion chips are the worst sour cream and onion chips ever created. Like they are not good. Well, hold on. There is, no, there is no love and attention to detail in the ratio of sour cream and onion flavors. As a matter of fact, I think it's just green paper that the little specks of green paper they're spraying onto the chip. There is zero flavoring on a Lay's sour cream and onion chip. And I, I defy anybody to go buy a bag of Lay's sour cream and onion. And the worst Lay sour cream and onion chips are found at your local convenience store because they've been sitting there for a while. And they, they, they say, we by, so we sell by weight, not air. You know, like we weight by not not volume. Right. They are the worst chip. <laughs> oh, Don. Don, Don he's, driven, not oh, he's not having it. He, <laughs> he <won't>, he's not having it. He won't sit for this. I won't so settle for this one. So back. the best chip. In the world. And it, it, by the way, like, so you're like Tim, you've named two brands, HERS and Deepinbox. Uh, UTS now has national distribution because they went public as a company a couple of years ago. HERS, you can find a, a little bit of national distribution as well if people carry it kind of like uh, Amoroso I really thought he was going to come back with a bag of chips he did come back with a bag of chips, <laughs> <laughs> chips? oh my gosh he does yeah. you got to
0: go with John. what is that
1: Don? Yeah, move it over a little that move it over to your chest you Don? there yeah. you go move it over to your chest over to your chest a little more Other one. There, you oh, the worst. Oh, there you go Ah, there you go yeah I feel that's a sad lunch right there that's a sad <laughs> see they, they've improved <laughs> the ratio right. the
0: last two years They're you got to try them right. yeah. no they, they have not <laughs> as a
1: matter of fact with inflation I guarantee <laughs> you was going to
0: eat them yeah <laughs> folks this was HD. not rehearsed we yeah. didn't, this is not like a staged
1: with inflation I guarantee you that it's gotten worse not better <laughs> and so that. if you want now you can get Defenbox, I believe by mail order but hers by far are the best and so anyway I think that I have not appreciated the because like, you know we don't buy chips that often but I know Remy likes them and Nora you know chip chip like and she's a two fister right mm-hmm. and so she always has to have two chips in her hand this girl is uh, fantastic. She loves the, the hers sour cream and onion chips uh, fantastically. And so, anyway, if you're in, say, California, Washington State, Diefenbox is spelled Diefenbox. You can, you can, they're, they're made in Pennsylvania. Uh, hers are made in Pennsylvania if you've never heard of these two brands. Diefenbox. Diefenbox. I'm telling you, they're regular chips. By the way, there's also goods, chips, which are really good, which are really, ironically, good. Their sour cream and onion chips, the good sour cream and onion chips are not as good as hers. And as a matter of fact, I believe that their barbecue flavored chips are uh, a little too salty. Now, there's also the um, Adams brand of chips, right? And so uh, they used, to, oh, excuse me, Charlie's chips. And uh, Charlie's chips used to come in a tin delivered to your doorstep and they had delivery people. Like the milkman, there was the chip man, chips not making that up. Oh yeah, chips in a tin delivered by a chip man, a chip not man. a milk. Now I think you're being facetious. I'm not being facetious. Oh, so you Google it. <gasps> it. No, they these are a real thing. All right, and so you, it's Charlie, Charlie's Charlie chips, and uh, they have a, it's a tan uh, tin with a black label, and uh, anyway, God. I grew up in the. Uh, listen, uh, as someone who is uh, has been described in his past life as not fat but husky. Um, sure. I've eaten a lot of chips. Yeah. Yeah. And I contend that the Pennsylvania area I grew up in, with all the chip varieties, better than French fries. They get better potatoes up there. Better than French. I'm telling you, man, the chip, the chip game in southeastern Pennsylvania rivals anyone's cuisine in any other part of the country. Now, speaking of people and where I, I, I can grew tell up, tell
2: you why that is. Go ahead. Because. They needed a good side to go with the awesome cheesesteaks in the air. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, by the way,
1: cheesesteaks <laughs> oh, are very... Uh,
2: Don, you had to get them started.
0: Now very <laughs>
1: regional cheesesteak. We had, we had some people up. So Graham was christened on Sunday, and we had some people up uh, as nice. godparents and, and whatnot. And they, they are not as familiar with cheesesteaks as I am now. Again, Bean being what would be known. Now, my dad used to refer to me as... you Remember uh, Garfield the cat? Yes. Yeah. So there was an episode, like when I was in, like 85, 84, I was a youngster, really young. And uh, he, uh, he heard on a Halloween special or whatever we were watching on a you know, special, used to come on CBS for Garfield. He heard uh, John Arbuckle, the, uh, Garfield's dad, right? right? Uh, he heard John Arbuckle refer to Garfield as a lard ball. And so he referred to me then from that point forward as a lard ball. <laughs> Not lard balls. Lard ball. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Well, listen, it was it, our house is a tough household. And like I, <laughs> like I'd come home and my mom would look at me and she'd go, you, you put on weight. Like she, she, my mom was, the, she's awesome. About my wow. mother. It's just a tough household. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, that probably, that story is loving. It probably doesn't come off as loving. Your dad called you a <laughs> well, lard hey, ball uh, Wait, with know, chips I, like that. How, you, I mean, how can you, could not, you be? not be right? Yeah, little, and so anyway, I, I know my cheesesteak game too. Uh, so cheesesteak's very regional, and so uh, where I grew up, uh, cheesesteaks are American cheese uh, mixed, obviously, with the meat, uh, grilled onions in there, and then it's always sauce on top, like a marinara sauce, always a, a marinara sauce on top. There's no other way, but then when you go down towards, you get really close to the corner of Pennsylvania, it's, you, they get the whiz going, I'm not a fan yeah. of the whiz. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Cheese whiz, yeah. I'm whiz not a fan of it, I, and, yeah, yeah. And, they, and, they'll, and they'll refer to what the sauce on top is, a, is a pizza steak. I'm like, no, no, that's the way they come. And so there's a regionality to uh, cheese steaks as well. But I think, even, I think the chip game, though, will change people's lives. So if you find yourself in Sheboygan, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, maybe uh, Costa Mesa, California, uh, what you want to do is find Charlie's chips, you want to find uh, goods, you want to find box, you want to find hers, and then you want to get yourself going on the chip game. And it'll change your life because... You won't buy chips from your local. <laughs> and then chip people will call you lard ball. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the path. To, well, listen, the path to prosperity. If back in the uh, in the days of oligarchs and kings, if you were portly, that meant you had money and yep. wealth. Yep. Get True. fat. Yep. That's why gout is the king's disease. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and nice. there's a phrase. I, there's a phrase you never thought. Can we just call the show "Gout is the King's Disease" and be done with it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, um, as I switch here, but real, real quick, uh, there's a power to what we're doing here. So, Stock Nerds and Market Lovers, there's a group of you out there that are like, just tell me about the Euro-dollar trade, and I'll do that. Because, you know, the Euro's a p- parody, and I've got a trade for you. Okay? But there is- For su- research. Oh, for yeah. But let, let me do this right now. Stock Nerds and Market Lovers, you know what this show is for. Potato chip recommendations, cheesesteak, how to get them. Um, self-deprecating fat humor. It's also for edification purposes only. If you are listening to the show and you think any of this is advice well, you, know my friend, you are surely mistaken. You, my friend, are being entertained and educated. E need, as I like to think of it, and you are having a good time. We get you into the tent, and we educate, and then we send you back out the door after the show is over, and hopefully uh, to interact with us, to grow with us, dude. Uh, maybe for edification purposes, only uh, discover some of the things we're talking
0: no about. No buy recommendations for no. stocks. Only potato chips. Only buy po- recommendations yes. for chips, but not yep. not
1: stocks. Yeah, we call those BPs. Buy yeah. potato chips. Uh, BPCs.
2: And anyway, those uh, those Lay sour cream are at best a hold. By the way, not a <laughs> <lot>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buy sell or hold, man. They're a hold.
1: They're they're the chip you buy when you're desperate for chips. Like they're 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 not like. This is the chip I'm going to take to meet my mama. These are the chips that you just uh, okay. We'll do this again, uh-huh. and then you're sad afterwards because you did Lay's. They're like the Little Caesars pizza of chips. Acceptable. Wow, They're not preferred. They're cheaper. They're pretty they skinny. They I, get you over some the line. People love them. My mother-in-law loves them. I don't. Like, and it itch. doesn't matter where you met Lay's. You met Lay's at the bar. You met Lay's at the convenience store. You met Lay's on an online chip site. It doesn't matter. You just don't want to bring them home to meet your parents because they're not. Well, Lace at has you. at
2: least fifty flavors. There are all all kind of qualities, and but uh, it, doesn't it doesn't matter
1: where they spray the flavor. It's <laughs> <potato's> the base chips <laughs> that spray the potatoes. Yeah, problem. like they can spray the they, they they'd be better off spraying the flavor on cardboard. The call is coming from inside the potato. <laughs> that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. Yeah. So um, I also listen. I want to. Th- so back in Pennsylvania, I got a couple messages. Uh, the power of the stock nerd and market lover community is, is something that is never, ever taken. It's not lost on me ever, and it's not taken for granted here one bit. I had a number of people reach out to me and say, hey, do you want to meet? I didn't know we had this many people. I, I really didn't um, in, the, uh, in Berks County, where I grew up in around that area, mm-hmm. that listened to the show. Mm-hmm. I genuinely, genuinely didn't know, and like, there was Paul and a couple other people. Uh, that asked if we could get together. And Paul even knew about this great ice cream stop for the kids called The Cone. And it's a giant, like they, they brought it in from some roadside stand in this small little town that's uh, close to where I grew up. And it's a giant ice cream cone. Like roadside, it's awesome, right? Now, uh, granted, I didn't eat the ice cream there because I gave up sugar. The kids love it. And Nora loved it so much, she lost the ability to speak again and she just starts roaring at you. Like, she'll just go, hi, Dad. Rah! Like, the sugar is coursing through this girl's veins. It's homemade ice cream. So anyway, uh, the cone is awesome. And so I, I, couldn't, meet, I, I couldn't meet with anybody. Uh, we had a pretty tight schedule, and I apologize. But I'll be back up soon enough. And uh, if you are in the Berks County area, I, I would love uh, to get together because nothing better, nothing better than uh, getting together for coffee, trashing a little Morgan Stanley, and. Um, and, and meeting stockholders. Or a lot. Or a lot, yeah. And so, um, look, Euro dollars. So Euro is at parity. And uh, how can you take advantage? Other than flying to Europe, right, and getting uh, a great deal on a European, just like they could fly here now you know, anyway, um, as they export goods over here at a better, at a better rate because the dollar is so incredibly strong. So if your platform allows you to trade Euro dollars um, which Thinkorswim does, and so there, the, the risk reward here is astounding now normally euro dollars it, normally the the pound the euro euro dollars are priced higher than USD and so what happens is um, it, it isn 't just limited to this specific currency folks, but we 're going to use this one for example. So what happens when the our Fed tightens and the dollar gets stronger, the euro dollar goes down. Mm -hmm. So you can make a very low-risk bet. Like, you could bet, and it's a bet, right, that this time next year, 2023, like, go out to September 2023, that the Fed will have screwed this up so badly that you're not going to be talking about tightening anymore. It's going to be the Fed easing. And, easing. and at that
0: point, you'd want to unwind the trade because the, the, it would switch. Well, the euro,
1: no, well, the, well yeah. And so, the, so when the Fed starts to ease, the euro dollar starts to gain strength. And against so, the dollar. Yeah. yeah. So well, you, you just trade euro dollar options. Don't yeah. even pair it against the dollar. So you would buy, say, the 97 euro dollar calls, right, for September 2023 and, or October or whatever you, whatever month you choose to go a year out. And then you would sell the ninety-eight calls against it, right? And you're like, Tim, that's only it's only a buck. What can you get for a buck? Uh well, a lot. Like it's about four or five hundred dollars worth of risk against twenty-four thousand, twenty-five thousand dollars potentially for reward. It's an amazingly powerful trade setup. And so but for the trade to work, the Fed has to let off the gas pedal with rate with rate hikes. There's no rush on this trade, right? <laughs> but you're going to find a lot of currency imbalances like this. And these haven't happened. Like you've probably heard uh, that the euro hasn't been in parity uh, since, uh, I think, 20 years ago, like coming out of the 9901. Yeah. Well,
0: an economic crisis, too.
1: Yeah. And so the euro hasn't done this. this, this the reason why I'm bringing this up, this doesn't happen often. Like, and so there, these are unique situations that if you're aware of them, for edification purposes only, you can research. And even if you're like, I'm not even interested in this, researching how currencies react to the dollar is incredibly powerful because you'll then start to, like, because then you'll take how currencies react to stocks, how currencies react to metals, how metal or vice versa, right? And, and I think it gives you, excuse me, more wherewithal. Uh, and... And just an, it's another tool in the toolbox to give you an overall picture of just how bad the market has become. Because this doesn't happen unless you've got something going on. A nefarious is the wrong word, but I can't think of another word though.
0: Well, basically, our, we're tightening and other central banks aren't.
1: No, they're it's tightening in Europe. It's but not a, like we are. No. It's we're, all well, relative basis. And that's an important point. So let me, let me expand upon that. So what we're doing now is the most aggressive fiscal, fiscal tightening in our country's history, meaning that we're, do, we're taking, uh, we're, we're, do, we're just erasing, we're hitting delete on the spreadsheet with all the bonds. Right, after
0: the loosest monetary policy yes. in history yes. just a year ago.
1: So and we, so you know. now not only are we raising rates, we are deleting, the, we're tightening the money supply. Mm-hmm. And so that's the technical term. And so we're tightening the M2 supply. And that's a double whammy. Normally in the history of our country, we just raise rates. That's the tool the Fed has used, but they increased the balance sheet to record levels to the point where they were buying corporate bonds. The Fed was buying, you know, not just just normal bonds, like business bonds, like company bonds. And so, yikes. And so now all that is being uh, unwound or deleted from the spreadsheet, meaning they're not going to re-up the purchases. They just go away. And you've got this rate raising. And so what really I think the market is looking at here is what Canada did yesterday nobody like nobody talks about Canada fiscal policy right no no you do <laughs>
2: on your videos yes I do
1: because Canada raised their uh they did a hundred point 100 basis point raise yesterday morning and one percent yeah one percent that's a big deal so there's a there's a Fed speaker today, Bostic. A little later today, we're taping the show early, by the way, folks. Uh, Thursday, uh, the 14th, uh, Vice on the 15th. Uh, so Bostic speaks later today, and you're, we're going to find out a lot today about what the Fed is going to do because the Fed, ha- this J-PAL Fed, has sent out its messengers to lay the groundwork for what's going to happen. And so if you hear Bostic, and there's another speaker uh, on Friday as well, if you hear them talking about uh, the acceptance of the possibility of a 1% or 100 basis point raise uh, in the July Fed meeting, then I think that's a signal that they're going to do that.
0: Market's already signaling that.
1: Well, it's a 25% it's a, possibility right no, now. No, I get it, yeah. but I'm
0: saying the market is the best leading indicator around, and it's now signaling it, that whether it's 1% or not,
1: it, it's, it's, it's signaling Bostic continuing, says, tightening. and. So you'll see the market probably rally here if Bostick comes out and says... No, we're going to stick. to... We think seventy fives, oh, you know, yeah, consecutive. It's more dovish, yeah. yeah, if he. And by the way, that's interesting. It's an interesting. What well, you just said, word dubbish is interesting. If Basso comes out and starts saying, "Hey, seventy fives are what? Like consistent seventy fives are what we think are needed." Um. Then the Get market a relief. Yeah, a the relief market. Rally. The market probably rallies on that because it's not a, It's not mm-hmm. one percent, or consecutive one percent raises. The the one percent raises are. Uh, we can debate, to the cows come home, if that's what the market needs or not. So uh, you, you can make the point you know, that that's what it needs. I contend, see now this all ties together, I, I've been contending. It just feels like forever, but you only get CPI and PPI reports, Consumer Price Index, Producer Price Index reports, but once a month. And I picked up on, in June, that crude, RBOB, uh, gas futures uh, were... and. and Soy, corn, wheat, hogs, lumber were all coming down. Mm-hmm. Their charts were breaking. Mm-hmm. Oil's down to 200-day. But that was like four four weeks ago. I was like, if it comes down to the zone, uh, it's probably, if it breaks this zone, it's probably come down to 200. It's already there. And so uh, natural gas broke, uh, but it you know, bounced off the 200-day. The next CPI report you're going to get is going to be less energy. Like, the, the, the prices are just down. Like, they, they, they peaked. And now, I, unless they re-peak again, the report for July, so you got June's CPI, if the trend holds, we're halfway through the month right now, if the trend holds even, or if these commodities do go lower, the August CPI and PPI report are most likely going to be lower. And so then, if you, can, if you can put commodities and energy, not on the back burner, but just like on the side burner, the ones that's simmering, now this is all about what the Fed's going to do. And does the Fed tighten to the point where they stamp out? Like they, they, they kill inflation to the point where they've burned the house down and now we're going to rebuild. Or is it just like we contained the fire to just one room and there's a little smoke damage, but we can rebuild, and it's going to be fine.
0: They call that a soft landing,
1: right? And so that I think right now, and I'm not saying look, four dollar like it's four seventy when I got up to Pennsylvania, it was four seventy, four seventy five for a gallon of gas, right, mm-hmm. where where I traverse, and when I left Pennsylvania, it was down in the four thirties, and that got me interested. I'm like, I wonder what's down in Texas, and um, or down by where I live in Texas here. And uh, it, was, it was four sub four. And so where there's always about a 50, 60, 60 cent difference between where I live in Pennsylvania and where I live in uh, uh, the Dallas uh, metroplex, And so that percentage-wise, these are big moves. And so, it, well, what would be causing that move? Oil's coming down. Did J-PAL win? No. I'd, I'd, well, it's a guess on my part, right? This isn't like, this is PPI came in hot this morning? Yeah and
0: so that's going to be coming out in CPI next because it, it goes through the producer's price index first? If they raise so, rates.
1: I mean, if, if the producers raise prices.
0: We will, okay. Yes, yeah, if the yes,
1: producers, yes, yes. listen, there's, this is the, 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 what you just hit on is the heart of the issue. There's producers that can raise their prices and get away with it, mm-hmm. and there's companies that can't. And so what are they doing?
0: Uh, they keep the price the same. They lower the volume you're buying, so you got to buy more, but you don't know it.
1: That's cynical. No, you're what, damn right. What, no, no I, I, don't, I don't think it's 100% accurate. Okay. That, 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 that changes over time. What they're doing now is what Walmart's doing and what Amazon did a couple months ago. They're charging all their sellers, even the big ones, fees for fuel, fees for storage, and, it, and in the most grotesque, that's in dust. Like that's and all, you
0: don't think that's going to be passed on to the consumer?
1: I don't think there's enough companies that have pricing power to do that. That's absolutely that, what And that, that's where I'm saying so that. So it
0: won't be dollar for dollar increase, but a percentage of that will be. All I'm saying is I think CPI is still going to go up a little bit next month. I do believe okay. it's the rate of growth. The rate of increase okay. is slowing, and it, I think sure. it is getting peaking at some point. I just don't think we're quite there yet, but we'll see. No, You make a very valid
1: point. But,
2: but w- well, oil, oil was down 6% for June, so saying that oil, uh, which they blamed quite a bit of it on, uh, is not accurate. And that's why the core actually, uh, well, no, the, the core is, does not include oil. It, it nope. was higher and it was blamed on energy, but oil was down
1: 6%. I think what the Fed is June. doing doing now is killing demand. And so oh, yeah, if yeah. the CPI and PPI reports are to be, and it's, who knows, are to be lower, and that's, what, that's one of the things that not only the Fed but everybody in America is looking at now, now it becomes an issue of killing demand and getting prices to cool, not passing them on. And so if you can get home prices to just level off or cool.
0: Which is happening.
1: Which is happening. If you can get uh, everyday items to pause, it's not going to happen overnight. That, that, is a, that is the start. But right now, like, everyone's going to get hurt, whether it's a Baby full,
0: boomers already took a 6% pay cut this year.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the increase, the, the, the biggest Social Security increase isn't, gonna, isn't even near enough to cover um, the rate well, of Well, this
0: year's increase- underestimate because it's a lagging the colas and i was going to talk about that well okay so so these are for the retirees social security colas and your money okay Mm uh the cola increase projected for next year is 10.5 percent um that's the second highest in 1981 it was 11.2 but that's a 1.9 percent higher than what they anticipated just last month that's 22 percent higher than what their estimates were for last month, so right. all these economists and all these forecasts—they've uh, been wrong in perpetuity going back. So I don't know why anybody still listens to them going forward. But the main thing is for for this year's cola increase, which was big, it was around you know five six percent. It inflation's running at eight and nine, so it's it's they're behind. They're actually behind this year by five point nine percent six percent. So they have, if they're on a fixed income, they have 6% less money to spend. Now, I was talking about PPI. It came out 1.1 increase this month over month. That's 11.3 annualized. So right now, uh, CPI is around 9. PPI is 11.3. So yeah, it may not go up higher. It may be flat if they can't pass it on. But the whole point is um, um, that these adjustments these people are getting are are not they don't happen early enough. And so that alone hurts demand and that and here's the other thing Tim, think about this. Those increases aren't indexed for inflation. So it could push a whole bunch of people getting social security benefits into that taxable bracket. In other words, their social security benefits may become taxable.
1: <laughs> so so your net social security yeah. benefit may not be good anyway. I tax just wanted tax to bring dollars that up. paying for tax dollars. Yeah. Um, so, and we've gotten, I've got an email in here that I'm looking at right now uh, from a from a great stock market lover, uh, and he he's talking about like uh, rate, you know, pontificators like Ray Dalio and uh, who do you mention, Harry Dent. Um, I, I I think. I think in this market environment, you know, and I, I was talking with someone else on Monday um, about this. The, you know, this email references uh, the commodities that I talked about on the video and uh, last night's video and um, we, we just mentioned now. And he's saying we're going, you know, our country's getting ready for a great reset. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's already happened in tech. Mm-hmm. Like there's already been a great reset.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so until, when do the fundamentals matter? Well, they're,
0: they're talking about real estate. They're talking about a big yeah. flush and a b- bunch of other sectors.
1: And we could, we could talk to the cows come home. It doesn't matter what I think. Uh, it doesn't, I think what we've proven in this country, though, that there's a form of MMT, Modern Monetary Theory, that will be employed because it was employed for the first time in 08 where we bailed out the corporations, learn from the mistakes, give the people the money, they'll spend it, and, and uh, that's how the economy was. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. They didn't give the people the money they no. said they were. They gave it to the corporations and built, built up their balance sheets. Didn't help the consumer that much. And that's why you didn't in 2020? get- In No, no, in 2008. I said that. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm yeah. I'm did. And this time they gave it- But hang on, hang on. This time they gave it directly to the people, and that's why you got this inflation.
1: But, but you can't argue that. Well, you can. You're going to argue anything because I know you. Uh, you're going to- you, They gave direct stimulus payments to the people- and that's, that's, that helped a bunch of people. It did when they shut yeah. down the economy. Yeah, right? that's Once my,
0: they started opening up the oh, economy, yeah. they needed to pull it back and they didn't.
1: I, yeah. yeah, you're not going to hear any argument yeah. from there. But it, those payments did save yes. the economy. Yes. And so they will take this whole thing to the tipping point where um, folks like Harry Dent and um, who's the guy, um, Schiffer-Sweeper? Peter Schiff. Thank you. Um, Harry Dent's
0: a one-hit wonder. Right they,
1: well, they become they become super relevant again, but they'll take this to the point where they get the everyone thinks the economy is on the brink and then there'll be there'll be it'll be the March of oh nine moment. It'll be it'll be the March of 2020 moment, the end of March, beginning of April. It'll be the March, uh, the first week of March oh nine moment where you start a rally with a five, eight cross on a weekly chart and it doesn't look back. And no one will believe it because they've, sure. they've got the economy on the brink. And so I, I'm looking at this email right now from this super nice fella, And I've had a discussion with a, a great stockner out in California. And, um, and, I, and you know, do the fundamentals matter? And not in, not in a downturn. Like you, it, but they don't tell you. And, and if you want proof of that, I, I, my screens that I do when I ran these on the video for you uh, Wednesday night, um, Something like I think the title. Is something you, you won't. This never happens. Uh, a screen you have to see to believe. My only my loosest of stock screens gave me any stocks, but my high quality growth screens that combine seventy <laughs> oh, yeah. the, there was no stocks there. And I can't remember when that happened. And I only built those screens uh, after I left IBD. I want, or while I I, want, I I knew I could replicate what was going on, but I. <laughs> I wanted to see uh, if I could match them. And the, the, the screen that matches greatly, uh, really well, um, is the one that's uh, with 300,000 advancing volume, the one I showed, um, I believe, first or second. There's no stocks there. And so if you're at home and you're arguing with the market because, you know, like, NVIDIA is a great company. The things that NVIDIA powers are desperately needed in a lot of things. But NVIDIA is just bouncing along the lows, right? And there's companies that make wonderful things and great technologies that are going to fuel America's prosperity moving forward, but they're, they're just not loved by the market right now. And so if you're at home arguing about the fundamentals, understanding your situational, aware, situational awareness to where you are in time and space is incredibly helpful here. And this puts a bow on it, the whole, the whole segment, that you need a trigger now that gets you over the hurdle eventually. We're not there yet, I don't think. That gets you over the hurdle that helps you raise the I believe hand. Because they're going to drive this economy to what looks like something that could be worse than 2020. Something that, you know, early. Yeah, yeah. Early, the precipice. Yeah. yeah, something that could be worse than 2008. You've already had a 2001. Or 2000, excuse me. two thousand. And the market's going to give you a signal that it's ready to rally. And you need to be there to take it. And it's going to feel wrong. It's going to feel wrong. And so that 5 8 cross, I did it on the video. It was 10 on a weekly chart. Now, that's
0: assuming you've also moved heavy to cash earlier. Oh, they done. You should have already done it. I mean, the market told you, and you're talking, the fundamentals matter on Main Street, but you have to have technicals for Wall Street because they don't move in tandem.
1: Hold on, that's a really good point. Let me just, you make a really good point. If you are in a situation, your parents, your loved ones are in a 100% invested, have no, raise no cash because you're at Edward Morgan Stanley Jones next to the vape shop.
0: Pie chart, I'm sorry.
1: You, uh, wouldn't it be ironic if there was an Edward Jones next to a pie shop? That'd be funny. There's somewhere there's a bakery next door to one of these places. Anyway, you have to have the cash to do this. And it doesn't feel right because they scare you with FOMO that if you, because you, you get these big rally days and look, your signal, it doesn't have to be your signal, but my signal is a, a weekly 5A cross. And when that signaling works, you, you, you know when you're wrong pretty easily. Do it on daily chart, doesn't matter to me, but um, you're not going to believe it. And the people around you, if you should talk to them, aren't going to believe it. And they'll tell you everything that's about to fall fall apart in the economy and everything. else. And so right now, we're not there yet. The Fed hasn't revealed all of its cards and how hard they're going to press. You're going to get a clue today from a Fed speaker this afternoon. You're going to get a maybe late this morning. You're going to get a clue tomorrow with another Fed speaker in the afternoon about what they're going to do for July. And then uh, we'll see how the market reacts to that. But do the fundamentals matter right now? Heaven forbid I say no. But you're in a bear, I will, no. You're in a bear market. And right now, it's just taking everything out to sea. Cash is king. Yeah, it's just gang. yeah. And, and having that ability to deploy it at the right moment, at the right time, um, and understanding when that moment is in time. And you haven't had that, by the way, in a weekly chart in a very long time. So Hopefully that helps, Stock Nerds. Love you. But let's do this. Let's get to Hunter. Uh, Hunter's got a bunch of stocks to research, um, and then we'll get to Don.
3: Alrighty guys, so actually today, pretty simple, straightforward, a little stupid type of uh, analysis for me today. And really it corresponds to the dollar. I know we've been talking about the dollar on this show for for a while, and it corresponds to the stocks that have shown relative strength over the course of the last, call it two months, three months or so. Uh, So we're going to run through a, a quick list of names here, as well as a couple of sectors that I've talked about and my point is going to be simply to keep an eye on how these perform relative to the indices uh, move, especially if we're in a position where we ultimately see new lows on the indices and so forth. So, uh, Don, I think you got the charts today. So, first name, a name we've talked about uh, nightly videos as well, Celsius, C-E-L-H, uh, one that has shown pretty immense strength uh, over the course of the last two to three months, as you can see, kind of going back to that low in May. Uh, has continued to kind of move up and stair-step higher. Uh, You know, the market is down today, so most of these are going to be It's not so much a day-to-day thing that you want to look at here. What you want to focus on is what is the actual stock doing versus the indices. Here, only, you know, 2 or 3% off the lows on the S&P. Celsius, obviously, much, much higher off the lows than the indices itself. So just moving forward, I'm going to provide about four names here. These are some of the best-looking names, in my opinion, and all that you, in my opinion, all you got to do until you start to see that turn, like Tim was in the markets, because right now this is poor price action. We're bouncing off the lows a little bit today, uh, but you look at that chart of the S and P, and that doesn't really inspire confidence. Now could things turn around today? Sure, they could, but my point is simply monitor how the stocks that have performed the best versus the indices over the last couple of months, moving forward, monitor how they perform in the future. Same thing. We want to see an RS line that's angling up. If we see the S&P drop 15% in the next month, we want to see the individual stocks that only go down 8%. That's what we're looking for in these names is the ability to hold up better than the indices. Uh, and that's what we've seen start to develop over the course of a month. So Celsius is the first name there. Uh, GTLB, the next name, uh, one of the top looking names in my opinion. And in the same situation here. You want to see this one hold up better than the indices. And as you can see by the angle of that RS line, it has been doing that basically since about the same time that we just pinned on Celsius since middle of May is really when we started to see some relative strength start to show up in some of these growth names that have just been beaten to oblivion. Uh, And when I say beaten to oblivion, lot of these names that have had 60, 70, 80% declines uh, and GTLB is no exclusion here, but you wanna see healthy action you want to see stair-stepping up the right side of a base potentially, which is kind of what we're starting to see here with GTLB. Uh, you want to see the pullbacks contained. You want to see buyers willing to step in, and you want to see relative strength continue to climb upwards. Uh, so GTLB is the second name. Bros, a coffee company, a name we've talked about a pretty good bit over the course of the last year on this show. Another name showing some relative strength today. As you can see, this name's up 2% while the S&P is down one5 this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is what you're going to want to be looking for is where do those names that are that are hanging in there better than the indices that are showing healthy price action while the indices are not. And that, and simply put, those are the kind of things that lead you to say, okay, this might be a leader when the market does turn. Doesn't mean it's going to be, but this is how we compile a list of the names that act the best, that have the price action have the best patterns, etc. When the market does start to turn, we've got uh, names that we think have potential leadership qualities. So, Bros is the name here. Uh, SWE, which has been a weaker recent, but it's a, a biotech name, a medical name, Shockwave Medical, uh, another name that has shown nice relative strength, evidence by, by that RS. Uh, over and pretty much that point in middle to kind of early ish May is where you see a lot of these growth stocks, RS lines, start to really angle up. Does it doesn't it continue to the indices part. or it's been a, re, a really big clue, and they've continued to act better than the indices for the better part of the last couple of months. And then last, XBI, biotech sector, I know and myself have this one as well. Uh, same, basically the same exact concept. Right, Hunter, talking, Hunter, you cut, about what you cut was, out. What was the ticker on that? Uh, XBI, uh, biotech. OK. Yeah. So same concept, same thing see here right around the middle of May into June. You see this RS line start to angle up pretty nicely on XBI. You're looking for the same thing. Does this index or this me hold up better than the indices? Obviously, it's much higher off the lows than the S&P than the Q's. Uh, it's, it's had some really nice volume come into it over the last couple of months as well. Uh, so same situation here just on a sector basis and then tan the solar etf this one can be pretty jumpy but uh, doesn't look wrong, i would say as xbi but you do see that rs line moving up sharply since about the beginning of middle may so a couple of sectors a handful of names keep an eye on those names and there's plenty more that you can go through and find uh that have similar looking rs lines or similar patterns but that's what we're watching moving forward is how do these names that have shown really nice relative strength, really nice price action over the last few months. How do they hold up moving forward versus the indices? Uh, And then last thing here, Don, and something about a lot is UUP, the dollar. Uh, Now this is extended today, uh, obviously, as you can see by the chart there, but what's important here, Don, if you can pull this on a weekly, this is a clean breakout over the highs from 2020 on the dollar. And that is reflective of the fact that the Fed is basically saying, hey, we're not going to budge and we're going to get inflation under control. Obviously, that hasn't happened yet, but we've seen the odds of 100 basis point rate hike drastically increase over the course of the last few days since that CPI report. It basically went from 0% to over 80% in a matter of two or three days. This, as long as this continues to move, look at the RS line on UUP. I mean, it's essentially vertical. Uh, and as long as this continues to move significantly higher, it's going to present short-term difficulty for U.S. equities, specifically the gross stocks and things of that nature. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, it's extended. It's pulling back today. Maybe it takes a breather. And we've seen over the course of the last couple of weeks when UUP has taken a breather, it's given rise to equities having some pressure lifted off of them. UUP, I would say, is one of the most important things you can pay attention to along with rates. Uh, But as this dollar continues to show just immense relative strength, it's going to be tough on these, at least in the near term. Uh, So just keep an eye on the dollar, keep an eye on the rates, compile your list of stocks that have shown relative strength over the last couple of weeks and monitor them moving forward. So that's my that's my advice. That's my simple analysis today. uh, And I hope it's valuable to the listeners. But that's all I got, man.
1: Hunter, can you uh, really quickly uh, pull up uh, Roblox? I had a, a stock nerd um, write in and was wondering about uh, Roblox, uh, potential uh, double bottom in Roblox um, and, and want to address overhead supply with Roblox.
3: Yeah. So first thing I want to point out on Roblox, the first thing that's to me is you, you're starting to see some accumulation volume pattern. What does that mean? That means big, tall blue bars, if you're looking in Market Smith that are higher than the red bars. So you see like three of those in the last month or so, uh, as well as some big volume after their last EPS. Uh, and to me, that's the first thing that stands out. Secondly, this is just like a lot of other growth stocks. I mean, this went from $141 to $21 in seven months, eight months. So a massive decline, but you've now seen the moving averages come all the way down and catch up to it. You've seen that get back above some of those moving averages, and you're starting to see what looks like the beginnings of some actual base building and potentially coming up the right side of the base. Now, to your point on supply, uh Roblox, as well as 99% of the other growth stocks out there, it's going to be an issue for them, at least in the short term. Now, say, you know. No, six months to a year goes by, that becomes less of a problem, especially with the amount of trading that goes on now and just the amount of liquidity in the market in general. For the time being, you have you might have people that were buying Roblox at fifty and sixty and seventy that are just waiting for the chance to sell. Uh, so it's something you always want to be mind these stocks that have had huge declines. It's going to be something that's going to be kind of heavy on the stock at least for the near term. Uh, the longer we go out, that becomes an issue. And the more likely it is that a lot of those people that were trapped or bought at a lot higher level have ultimately exited their position. Uh, but certainly, I mean, I, I wrote one of the darlings of 2020 and one of the last names to really break out in the growth space that broke out right uh, before the market kind of started to tank a bit, showing some signs of life, showing some attractive volume patterns, some good price action, some nice relative strength, uh, but just kind of in the early phases of possibly up the right pace uh so yes i I hope i covered that pretty good tim
1: awesome now and
0: and those moving averages are starting to hook up yep
3: Yep.
1: okay that was awesome all right don you're up man
2: yeah i want to uh show a tool that we use uh frequently in-house to uh as a double check on uh relative strength and performance of some of the things that that we have on our various watch lists or that we're holding. And I'm gonna start with the S&P 500 and put it on a a Marketsmith comparison chart. And then I wanna bring up, uh, I'm gonna change this to the last three months so you can see the performance of the S&P and then we're gonna benchmark. Let's talk about the two sectors that Hunter Uh, identified as uh, things to keep your eye on. Uh, First, you've got an overall performance over this three month period, three month plus. So we're really talking about the second quarter and then July, Uh, S&P down 17.6%, biotech down 9.8%. And you can see underperformance. And then we talked in June about how the relative strength really started to pick up. So compare what the S&P is doing to what XBI has done since the middle of June. And this is how we identify outperformance within sectors. We also mentioned TAN. Uh, TAN kind of going sideways with the S&P, the big move for TAN was back here uh, in May and June. So let me clear this out. And then you can also do a comparison chart on the entire 21 over 21 list. So I'm gonna... This will take a second to populate. So this is the entire 21 over 21 list. Let's look at it for just the last three months and bring in the S&P 500 as a comparison. So you can see the widely varying returns, S&P 500 down 17.59%. Some of the things on the list uh, negative, some extreme standouts like PDD up 30%, uh, Celsius, which Hunter mentioned, up 31%. But you can see while the S&P has trended down during this period, for the most part, these stocks are are trending from the beginning of May uh, higher, it gives you a good opportunity. Normally, I put these on one by one. I don't uh, bring everything up, but I just wanted to demonstrate one of the tools that we use in house and. Uh, the returns of all of these various stocks from the beginning of, uh, of April relative to what the S and is doing. This is another uh, check that we use to keep our finger on the pulse of relative strength, uh, both on a stock perspective and a sector perspective. Uh, the S and P five hundred. Getting back to it, I want to bring up a sixty minute chart here and show how important the level that we're currently at is. This was the most recent. Uh, the the prior CPI report late in the day uh, on the ninth we broke down. The next morning CPI was a, was a bad report. We gap down, didn't recover. Compare that to uh, this CPI report. Here was the breakdown at the end of seven twelve. We gap down in the morning, but finished high. It wasn't until the second day that we've had this follow up gap down. Uh, uh, after CPI and look how key this 3,700 to 3,730-ish area is here. Uh, today's lows, if we pull today's low is currently 3,721, we pull back to 3,700. This is a huge area, we just have this two-day island from back in June 16th and 17th that we, 17th that we recovered from, so briefly dipped below 3,700 in mid-June, quickly recovered it. I haven't looked back to that since, but we're coming up to the bottom of this range. If we break this 3,700 area, this next level down, 3,637, becomes extremely critical because if you go back on a daily chart, you've got no support at all under this level. So those are the key areas that we're watching uh, on the S&P to give us a gauge for uh, what future action might happen. People have been following our videos. Know we took uh, took some longs when we got back above the 21 day exponential moving average on seven, 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 eight. Then we failed. It rolled over. We got out of our longs, uh, went short when strength came in intraday yesterday. uh, And it looked like the low of thirty seven fifty was holding. We got out of our short for a small gain. Now, obviously, I would have held it, but that's hindsight. Uh, You just go with what your rules are and um, don't look back. Uh, but now this next level down, 3,700, extremely important, or we're going to see this was the, being the first leg down, a bounce, this being the second leg down, a bounce, looking at a possibility of the third leg down, or you could say that this was the bounce from the second leg and we're in the middle of the third leg already. Uh, but typically the legs, the third leg goes uh, steeper than the first two legs. That's certainly not good news for bulls, and it's a certainly – uh, one of the big reasons why we preach, once you're under this huge 200-day moving average, risk picks up. And this is just history and math telling us that it's just a fact. Don't let people say, well, after uh, and after a, a recession comes on, if you look out three years, uh, the stocks are always higher. You, you can easily go 20% lower from here. We did in 2000. We did in 2007, 2008. We're in unprecedented inflationary times versus uh, the 70s. And you really there's no confidence whatsoever in consumers uh, or in people that are holding positions at this point. Uh, The buy-in holders are never going to let go. That's just what they do. That's one of the fallacies that Wall Street likes to give everybody is that you can't time the market. Uh, We don't have to time it. We're just going to follow the trend. Right now, the trend across all three of the time frames that we track, short-term, medium-term, and long-term are all down because we're below the, the long-term 200-day, we're below the medium-term 50-day, we're below the short-term 21-day. That just tells us not to be a hero, get out of the way. There have been some stocks that have been showing some resilience, but something sometimes with those you wake up and boom, all of a sudden you're down six, seven percent. Uh, Cigna was one that was holding up very well in the hospital managed care. I'm sorry, in the managed care group. If you woke up to Cigna, they were downgraded this morning. They're down four percent today. Uh, it was holding up great above the 21. Had a breakout. Breakouts failed. Breakouts don't work in um, bear markets, no matter what sector the stock is in. This is absolutely a market where any strength has to be sold. If you're going to buy, you better be buying at the bottom of the range and not the top of the range. Uh, that's the only chance for um, for you to chip away and make a little bit of money in a market like this. We, we don't really look to scalp. Uh, sometimes it, it appears that we're doing that, but it's really just a matter of us following our rules as far as getting in, getting out, uh, and sticking sticking to the rules that we've got in place for the type of market that we're in.
3: Keep it. Uh, take
2: a look at the, you yeah, know, watch for the 21 over 21 list on Friday. Uh, it had held up pretty well, but over the last couple of days, at least uh, eight of them have broken their 21 day uh, moving average. And that is, um, they may recover by Friday, they may not, but that's that's another gauge that uh, obviously we like to keep track of for how our stocks are performing.
0: And by the way, I want to just point out he was talking about we unwound the short for a small gain yesterday. We were actually net short. So right now we've got almost all cash. Uh, just one or two positions and the market's down as of this recording right now at about 1027, the market's down about 1.35 on the S and P and so, and we're kind of flat. So that, that's why cash is important. Cash is king on the way down and cash is trash on the way up. So you dial up and down risk with cash and that's exactly what we've been doing. You got to get out of the way when it's ugly. All right, Danny. Folks, listen, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Just send them to revereasset.com. And up on the top right, there's a subscribe button, and we won't spam them. It's up to them to reach out to us if they want a, uh, a complimentary portfolio review, have questions about any stocks, or have a topic they want to heard on this podcast or on the daily market insight videos. That, that button, if you subscribe, will send our daily market insights every day and this podcast right to your inbox. You can always call us old school at 855. 855- real wealth we'll talk to you next week on your money
2: barring any extragynous events